friends, Minecrafters, and welcome to another Minecraft episode. My name is Kimberly Quinn, and I'm super pumped to kind of continue taking the essentialist thing into the kitchen. So this is about um, essentializing, it's probably not a verb, or bringing a sense of order to the kitchen. So um, here we go. So my shout out again is Sarah Bon Brednick, author of Simple Abundance, and I love her very much. I do hope to have lunch with her. So I got a lengthy list of all the potentials for long lunches at bistros. But um, this is one I can talk about very easily because we just did this. And uh, the kitchen, we moved into this house in 2001, and two years ago, so it's 2021, we did the kitchen. And, and you know, mostly we're talking about you don't need a budget. It's all... You know, we saved up for that because it had been 20, whatever the math is on that. Long time. And it, it's not it's not fancy. It's very rustic. But we blew through walls and just basically opened up everything. And it, uh, and it's uh, it's just it, what it did for my, I want to say my mental health. It might sound exaggerated, but um, uh, not that I'm in a bad place. I'm in a very good place. I just realized all those years when, cause I love to cook. If you don't love to cook, it doesn't make a difference, right? You just kind of doing your thing. You know, you cook to eat and, and it's over, but that's not the case for me. Uh, I, I really enjoy the whole process. And I always have, like when the kids were all home and I'd make dinner, put on a little jazz music, pour a glass of wine. And I just realized once we opened it up again, just feng shui, it's very, very rustic and very simple. It, and it's, it's very inviting because it's so, so simple. And I just realized, you know, there's a, like a, a magical difference after we just knocked down the, it was like a skinny little galley where the shelves were. And, and uh, so a lot of it was just breaking through stuff. And then again, we did put in the floor so that, that we saved for that though. And uh, we got the new harvest tables. We saved for that, but the rest of it was um, splash a little bit of paint on there and just getting rid of stuff, bringing order to the kitchen bringing order to the kitchen. And no matter what, when the rest of the house, like right now I've got, our room is a, I think I've talked in a few episodes. That's a work in progress because it's just accumulated crap because we both have big jobs and whatever. But no matter what, I keep my kitchen. I say it's our, my kids laugh and my husband laughs. It's our house, my kitchen. No matter what, no matter how much work we need to do in the other, the rest of the house with picking up and feng shui and clutter and everything else, I keep the whole kitchen living room area completely, I wouldn't say it's almost, almost Spartan, not exactly Spartan. We have some pictures up and things, but it's, it's so easy to keep clean because there's, there's very little in it. And because there's very little in it, it's so inviting and it's the most orderly part of the house. So when I go downstairs and I start to lose my mind, if there's all kinds of piles, I can always come up here to the kitchen and living room where it stays open and I feel really good about it. So Sarah, Sarah's quote for, is from, a, well, this is fun, Woman's Home Companion, August 1924. So 99 years ago. Think about that, huh? So uh, her quote says, a confused mind cannot direct deft hands. And what is more confusing than a cluttered, disorderly place to work? True in general, right? What is more uninviting, too? The grateful appearance of order. This is the one important way women judge judge each other's housekeeping. And every efficient housekeeper knows that in no room 
doesn't count for more than in the kitchen. Now, obviously, in 1924, so, you know, uh, we can, we can, do brackets around women and say people, but 1924, it was about women because women did the homemaking, you know, 99.9% of it. Um, I'm sure. And so, wow. And for us, this is just so true for us because, um, as I kind of described our house in the last video, the upstairs has a very open scheme, the living room and the, and the kitchen and the dining room are all one. There are no walls in between. What, as you know, you're going from the living room to the kitchen is the floor. The living room has a hardwood floor and the dining room and kitchen are, it's all the same, um, stone again, very basic, very rustic, very open. And, uh, one of the best decisions, again, we saved for it. We, and we splashed paint on, it was a brand new, a brand new thing. So Sarah starts by saying, I couldn't sleep at night. If I gave you the impression that cleaning the kitchen is my idea of a great time. The very thought reminds me of a newspaper interview I did with two delightful, funny women who were the authors of a popular series of homemaking books. Oh, this is a riot. Then she says, I nearly choked when they revealed that they didn't do their own house cleaning anymore because their success had enabled each of them to afford a cleaning woman. It was as if I had wandered behind a curtain and met up with the affable old man the Munchins believed was the Wizard of Oz. Oh my God, she's funny. Sharing this delicious morsel with my readers would be uh, going for the jugular, and bloodletting has never been my sport. Besides, the practical information they conveyed in their books made sense and was fun to read. Still, I had a difficult time writing the feature, parentheses, which, by the way, the two women and their publisher loved. Well, that makes sense. And I'll tell you, um, this irony has me laughing about these two women that, you know, became, became so successful with their, you know, uh, business that they ended up getting house cleaners, the very thing they were talking about. Um, but that is not the case for us. I'll tell you that. And uh, I also have to be 100% honest that because, again, we saved for this and have been, we moved in here in 2001, did the kitchen two years ago, so 2021. And uh, so what is that? That's just 20 years, right, of living with that just plastic, crappy cabinets. And they were falling apart. The drawers were literally falling out of the wall when we did the kitchen. No joke. And I'll tell you that um, it took a couple of months because we were kind of uprooted. And the organizing thing, at first, I'll admit, it affected our mood for a while. I felt kind of crispy and, um, you know, because it was we just – but let me tell you, the, the bless and the mess, literally – was that you, you were forced to just get rid of all this stuff. You know, I forget what's her name who wrote the book. Then I also can't remember the title of, so that in 450, I get your Red Bull, right? Her name starts with an M, which also doesn't help us. But basically, she said, if it doesn't bring joy to you, get rid of it, right? So I just was throwing, and I've collected, I've collected wine glasses and stuff, and when the new cupboards went in, I just got rid of all of it. I, I kept however many fit in there. And I did, I don't know how many trips. And I didn't think we had a lot of stuff. I'm a thrower. My husband's rat tattooing. And I couldn't believe till you make a big change like that, how much stuff you accumulate. All these cookbooks. Who needs them with the internet anymore? You really don't. I mean, if you want to keep, I did keep one. Because my grandmother uh, was my, was and, and still in my heart, my most special, you know, person from my childhood. And she was my everything. And she gave me a book from the 1950s. It had her handwriting in it. And 
there's no way I was going to part with that. So I kept that one because it does bring me joy. It, it checks the box for that quiz. Just want, just seeing her handwriting just warms me up. But everything else, I had all these wine glasses I got from all different places. And it was kind of fun for me to, I didn't never, I've never had a set of wine glasses. And my women friends were all wine, you know, we're all wine drinkers. I'm not saying juicers, let's maybe, you know, but we all enjoy wine and as opposed to beer and mixed drinks. We don't really do any of that. We're most, mostly red wine drinkers. So, um, but I realized you can only fit some in the cupboard. So I got rid of them and I did, you know, I just got rid of all of it. I got rid of all the cookbooks. Um, I threw out all these cans of stuff that you don't realize cans of stuff gets, you know, it, it takes a while for canned things to expire, but let me tell you. So, and I got rid of stuff that was not expired that maybe people gave me or whatever that I brought it to the food shelf as long as it was current and all that. And it's because I had, we had these, this whole wall of shelves and I realized maybe without exaggeration on that shelf, it was kind of like a wall. So picture probably 12 feet of wall with formica disgusting, plasticky, crappy shelves with food and cookbooks and things. And I don't think if 5% of what was on that shelf was useful, it was a lot. But when you're overwhelmed with it and the, and the clutter, you know, I, and I would try to like wipe it off and collect the dust. It was just, and now I, I used to spend time doing that. I'll be honest, not a lot of time. I'm more of a declutterer. I'm not much of a scrub-a-dub-a person. Uh, but what I would do, it, I'd have to take everything off and then and, and the time. And we got rid of the entire wall, the shelves and anything, everything on them. So guess what? You can't clean shelves that aren't there. It's awesome. So as mentioned, I mean, it, it didn't cost a ton. I mean, the kitchens are obviously expensive. Again, we save for it for a really long time. But the actual phase of busting through the wall, I think hour per hour, what Sean the Amazing did, wasn't that expensive. And I did the cleanup from it myself because he can't go through stuff, obviously, whatever. And um, it was just – and then the feeling – of how good it felt to just open the space up um, was just fantastic. And so uh, Sarah continues to say, she said, so let me be the first to confess from the heart that I have not yet found a way to turn cleaning kitchens into a simple pleasure. Being flesh, blood, and bone, I need a little more time to evolve. This probably explains why when our home caring tasks were divided up, I opted for cooking, which I do enjoy, while my dearly beloved volunteered to clean the kitchen on the nights he doesn't have uh, meetings. That's me too. I'm definitely the chef in this house. And I just have to add something because I do get tangential because that is my fast mind. And our middle daughter is dating. Well, they're both teachers. She teaches third grade and he teaches middle school, but he's also a chef. He studied in Tuscany in his college years. And uh, uh, he's, he's cooked for us a few times. And I just have to tell you in my beautiful new kitchen, he didn't see it the way it was before. He just and for somebody who loves to cook, like myself, oh, he's even more so, he loves moving around in there because it's wide open space. And I have to tell you, in my entire 58 years of life, not once ever have I had somebody say, oh, you go ahead and, he calls me Mrs. Smith, you go ahead and sit down, you seem tired, and I'll cook for you. I'm just telling you, I almost fell off my chair. It's a good thing I was sitting down because I would have fallen off my chair. And he made this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful dinner in my very sexy kitchen. And then um, Sarah says, she says, on the, on the nights he's at her beloved husband, she means, you'll find me at the kitchen sink attempting to learn from the Vietnamese Buddhist monk, poet, and writer Thich Nhat Hanh. I've quoted him a bunch of times. I love that guy. I know he's since passed, but I loved him. 
about the spiritual way to wash dishes. In his book, The Miracle of Mindfulness, A Manual on Meditation, he suggests we approach washing the dishes as if it were the most important thing of life. I've got to stop right there for a second because I have a thing with the washing dishes. And I've mentioned this oh, in a bunch of episodes, but years back, because our oldest son is 31 and a half and married to uh, his amazing bride, Jamie, just barely a year. And the dishwasher, but he's my, he's like kind of my marker for when it broke. He, he was maybe 12 and it took till about five years ago. So he'll be 32 in November to so do the math to fix it. And the reason why when it broke, all five kids were in that fabulous phase when they, they still want to hug you in public. They're okay with, you know, being seen with you and they, and yet they're not old enough to have a girlfriend or drive. It's like a great phase. They were all in that phase and really helpful at home and all that. And when it broke, um, some of the little ones couldn't stand up by the sink and, and do the, you know, by water thing. Like they could help with the dishes, put the forks in, things like that. So there was no dishwasher. So my husband and I had to do a temporary, you know, they did other tasks. They weren't off the hook. They did other things. But we had to take over the dishes. And it's interesting because some nights it was just me. We'd alternate. Sometimes it was just him. And the hot water and the suds was so incredibly meditative. I mean, it's no big surprise why you you pay a ton of money to go to an ashram in India or Manhattan or wherever. That's very eat, pray, love, right? That they have these mundane tasks worked into the whole meditative ashram experience. Why? Because they calm the mind down. I felt calmer. My husband felt calmer. And there were some nights when I would wash and he'd dry or whatever, and we talked to each other mindfully because the kids disappeared. They bolted, right? And here's the thing. It took us, I think it was seven or 10 years. I don't know if you do the math. Let's say 10 years, 10 years before we replaced the dishwasher. And it wasn't just the expense. Of course, that's always an issue with five five kids home. And I was mostly home and things like that. Um, but it was also, it wasn't, it wasn't even, t- it wasn't even close to a priority at the time because we didn't, it didn't feel painful to us. If, if anything, believe it or not, we kind of enjoyed the experience, which sounds nutty to say you enjoyed doing the dishes, but we really did. Whether it was a night we were talking to, about our day or whatever, or it was just that quiet time. And the warm, the warm water thing makes it great with the suds. It just, and plus our, the window, the window that's right above the sink has a I'm going to say it has a view. The back is mostly where our view is, but it's, it's aesthetically pleasing. You know, there's trees and it's just peaceful. Um, and in the, in the, in the spring and summer, there's a window box right outside the window. And it was just really, honestly, the dishwasher breaking made for quite a lovely, you know, a post dinner experience. I also have to want to have a quick talk about momentum because when this, and I'm making, I'm not making life intentionally, but, when I talk about the kitchen, and I realize, realize it's a, you know, we saved for years. It is a, obviously a privilege to make that kind of a thing. And that's the biggest house change I think we've ever done, really. We haven't made a lot of changes to this house other than paint. You know, we have to do maintenance stuff like you do with a car. We put in a roof, and that's I think that's pretty much it. We haven't done any big changes. Um, but there was a real momentum when Sean the Amazing, he's our guy who does everything, there's a real momentum when he was doing all of that, even it was chaotic and it was uh, not because not of him. It was just, you know, the thing, when you rip up your main living space, because upstairs is where we kind of reside. You, when you walk into the house, you're in the upstairs. So it's just, 
It's just, just like the the uh, the kitchen, the living room, again, all one space, dining room, all one open space. And our bedroom and the bathroom that everybody uses is up here. So it was really a little, you know, it was just a mess with the, the sawdust. We're all sneezing and stuff like that. But I have to tell you that the momentum it created was was uh, was phenomenal because it pushes you to just get rid of all of it. Also to clean, clean kind of gross spaces you don't usually, you can just kind of ignore, like behind refrigerators. But when you're moving all that around, you're like, ugh, the occasional dead mouse. I'm not afraid to admit it. And uh, so the momentum thing to get rid of junk drawers. And so when we got the new um, cupboards and cabinets phase, I deliberately didn't leave room for it. I didn't leave a junk drawer. We have one that has the kids when they're back, their coffee curry stuff. I didn't, I didn't allow for it. Everything is useful cupboards and cupboards and cabinets. So, and there's one other drawer that has like scissors and things like that in there, but it's not like the, our old disgusting Formica, you know, I don't know, the seventies, six, no, that was, that was built in the eighties, kind of a sixties, seventies, no seventies, kind of crappy look to it, but it was born in the eighties. Just the plastic coming off. So I, I didn't leave room for that to even happen. We, um, there is no drunk, there is no drunk door. There's two that have like flashlights in them and the other one's like the coffee stuff and that's it. And that pens are in there. So if you don't have the drawer to put the junk in, guess what? When you're making that decision, that split second, you know, a battery just went out you don't want to, you know, walk to the, to the, to the, uh, garbage. So you put it in the junk drawer, right? Just like everybody does paper clips, pens that just ran out on you rather than throw it out. You put it in the junk drawer. Well, now with this setup, you have, you walk to the garbage because they're in the drunk, uh, junk drawer. And it's just, it's just awesome. So on that note, Sarah says the next time you're searching for the kitchen scissors, cleaning out the refrigerator or scouring a greasy casserole dish, remember that the sacred can be found in the ordinary when we seek it. I can't promise that it works every time, but if it works even once, it's worth engraving on your heart. I'm telling you, I, I can't, I, I, it was, a, you know, stressful to a degree with all the, the dust and the chaos and stuff, but wow, once we rounded that corner and start to sort of were able to get rid of stuff and splash paint on and put a couple of new pictures on the wall and just throw away. If it didn't give me joy, I tossed it or gave it, you know, whatever. And wow, it was just amazing. So bringing, you know, feng shui or bring a sense of order to the kitchen what a great experience that was for us. So this is Kimberly Quinn signing off from uh, the beautiful northern Vermont. Have a mindful feng shui day.